It's like a Dr. Phil moment there at the end. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you could take that to the bank. Uh, some things can never be unseen. Welcome to the Archispeak Podcast, the podcast for architects by architects, where we discuss all things about architecture. I'm Neil Pan. Each episode, Evan Troxel, Cormac Phelan, and me invite you in on the conversation as we talk about everything in the profession, both the good and the bad. Maybe you're considering a career in architecture, you're still in school, or you've been around the block more times than you'd like to admit. Join us in the studio as we gather around the water cooler and talk about this profession we call architecture. It's time for some Arcaspeak. Welcome to episode 31 of the Arcaspeak podcast. I'm Neil Pan. I'm Evan Troxel. And I'm Cormac Phelan. And Evan, I believe we have a friend of the show to announce for this week. That's right. This week we have John Harvey, who donated $10 to the show. And uh, John is practicing in North Carolina doing healthcare. So we appreciate it. Thanks, John, for becoming a new friend of the show this week. And if anybody else wants to become a friend of the show and get your name read on the podcast, you can do that at arcaspeakpodcast.com slash donate. And we would love to re- read your name on the show. So thanks, John. So Cormac, this week you had an interesting uh, an interesting project you were working on. We we thought we'd uh, make it a part of the show. So why don't you give us a little uh, little update on what that what that project is? Okay. Um, well, as uh, I hope all of you guys know, um, Architecture Week is coming up soon, and um, I was asked if I would be interested. And I'll butcher the name of this presentation style, but um, I was asked to uh, um, if I'd be interested in doing a a Pecha Kucha um, presentation. I've heard it pronounced all sorts of different Pecha ways. Kucha? I don't know how to yeah. Dude, what? <laughs> that one. And um, for those of you who I had to go look that, that up, uh, I had to go look it up. It's uh, where you do a presentation with 20 slides and it's 20 seconds per slide. Um, and you know, I was joking with the guy who had asked me and, uh, you know, I was like, Oh, I, you know, I got a great idea. I can do it on zombies, you know? And he's like, yeah, remember that it's architecture week kind of prompting me to not do it on zombies, I guess, (laughs) 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 which, you know, I, sort of was in jest. I was actually more referring to, you know, possibly doing like maybe sketches or something like that. But, you know, I was, I honestly, he'd, he'd asked and that was my, the first thought that came out of my mind. But when I started to think about it a little bit more and, you know, kind of even talk with you guys, there's always been something that's interested me. Um, and so I was like, okay, I may not do it on zombies, but let's do it on death. And specifically, the death of architects. Um, Interesting deaths of architects, right? Interesting deaths of architects. I mean, you know, 
whether we like to believe it or not, we all might, you know, find, uh, our way to the, uh, to the end of time and, um, die. <laughs> the one. And some of us, some of us sooner than others yeah. in very interesting ways, apparently. We, yeah. We all have it in common. And, and so I, you know, I started making a list of, you know, um, stories I heard, you know, that our, that professors told me and then, you know, things that I, um, through reading, you know, I was like, for some reason, I sometimes get fixated on how people kind of went. And, um, so I kind of have a list and, and it may not be the 20 that I need for the presentation. I think, um, and we were all talking about this, you know, kind of through, uh, texting and everything else that maybe what I'll do because these are actually pretty interesting and what it means is I'll have 40 seconds to kind of tell the story of each of these architects death by showing a photograph of who they are and how they died. Um, you know, so it would basically be two slides per, um, per architect. And, uh, yeah. So, so some might know, get more, more time than others, right? Some might get more time than others. Um, and actually the more I get, the more I start doing research on these, the more I find interesting tales and side stories and things like that of each one of them. I mean, I kind of started off with, okay, this, how this guy died, this, how this guy died, this, how this guy died. And they're all interesting. But then when you start doing a little bit more research, looking at more than just the Wikipedia page and things like that, you actually find more, you know, more things about it. And I'll probably, you know, I, there's there's one that's like really interesting story. I mean, it's like tabloid, amazing type story. Um, and I guess let's start the show off with him. All right, all right, take it away. All right, Stanford White. Do we know who Stanford White is? Yes, I didn't. You do. I did not. You do. <laughs> Tell us more, Cormac. Okay. Well, Stanford White. Uh, Famed New York architect of McKee, McKim, Mead, and White. Okay. Uh, let me get the name of the firm right. Yeah. Did, you know. Anyone ever numerous, heard of them? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, everybody's heard of them, you know. Um, uh, but, you know, this is an architect who designed the Madison Square Garden, the original Madison Square Garden. And... Just reading it on the surface, okay, architect who designed Madison Square Garden was shot on the rooftop garden of Madison Square Garden. Now, that sounds really interesting. Yeah, but, really. You know, it's just like, huh, you know, well, that kind of sucks. I mean, architect, you know, your architecture will kill you, some, you know, your architecture will kill you somehow. Yeah, <laughs> and, really. But then when I started to go through, you know... Okay, so what's the story behind why he got shot, you know, on the roo- in the rooftop garden of Madison Square Garden? Well, come to find out, old Stanford White, he, you know, he was an interesting fellow. Um, he was a, a womanizer, um, socialite. I mean, he was one of, at that time, I, I'd probably say that he was, probably more famous. Well, at that time, he was actually more famous than Frank Lloyd Wright was. I mean, everybody knew him. He was, you know, always in the social circles. I mean, the 
You, you couldn't think of American architecture without thinking of Stanford White. And, um, you know, back then, you know, this guy rolled with, you know, the Vanderbilts and, and everybody else. So, I mean, he was. Do you think that's how he put it? Probably not. <laughs> yeah. That's how I roll. Cur- <laughs> curling his uh, mustache up. That's right. Yeah. And that he's he got, and he's he, got an epic mustache. Yeah. If, if nobody, if, if people don't know, you know, I mean, I always like to see what these people look like, you know, what they looked like in their time, you know, and, and yeah, he go, go look at his, um, he's got quite the, uh, quite the mustache. Yeah, now it's not the, you know, cool handlebar mustache, but it's, um, it's kind of a windblown yeah, handlebar. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I don't know. There's nothing classifying it in the Wikipedia article. No, it's just massive. <laughs> but so anyway, so anyway, the you know, so you dig more into it, and you're like, okay, well, who shot the guy? You know, his the guy's name was um, Harry Thaw, and who Harry Thaw was was a he was the heir to Pittsburgh Coal and Railroad fortune. So he was a millionaire, and this is a guy who. He was a socialite in his own right, but, you know, he was partier, drinker, druggy. you know, I mean, he was, you know, he was a hard, it, he was epitomized the playboy lifestyle, you know, living off of the parents' money and all that other stuff. But he was very obsessive about things and, and come to find out later on, he was extremely mentally unstable. I mean, the guy was, for lack of a better term, a whack job. And, um... So he was, he was trying to establish his position in, um, in the social circles. So he was, um, trying to join all of these elite clubs. Well, these are the same elite clubs that, um, Stanford White belonged to. And for some reason, he was never getting into any of these. Fact of the matter is, is that they basically deemed that his behavior was unbecoming of a gentleman. So that's why he never got in. But for some reason, he fixated, uh, he believed that Stanford White was plotting against him. Now, he sort of knew Stanford White, but really didn't know him. And so he just, he, he became very obsessive over Stanford White trying to ruin his social career. Um, fast forward in time, Stanford White being the, you know, kind of playboy womanizer that he was, started to, um, you know, hang out with, and basically he, he took on a lover, which just happened to be Henry Thaw's wife. Whoops. 16 year old wife, which kind of creeped me out when we start, when you started to think about it, here's a 47 year old guy courting a 16 year old girl. And I mean, that right there alone was like, wow. I mean, Tab- this what? is like tabloid stuff. It, it is. I it mean, is. You know, it's it's you know, it's it's stuff that nowadays you just you get creeped out about anyway, and then you just you listen to this and it's like wow, you know. So, so, um, but, hey Evan, to to uh, go off the tabloid stuff, the, it says here that the uh, the newspapers of William Randolph Hearst played up the murder and it became known as quote unquote the trial of the century. Yes. Wow. So yeah, there it, it is. Was, it I mean, th- this was this was a huge deal. Jeez. And um, polar you know, vortex so, headlines right here. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so basically, um, they were a- attending dinner and, um, a show at the roof, at the, uh, um, rooftop theater in the garden of, uh, Madison Square Garden. And, uh, actually it's, it's kind of interesting because, um, and I've got to find it, but that basically at the end they were playing the very last, um, the very last song. And it was, it was kind of funny. I was, was, you you could have any girl in a million or something like that. I could love a million girls. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guess what? The one girl that you did love is about to get you killed. Yeah, really. And so, uh, you know, he's kind of stood up and, you know, within two feet of him, you know, shot him three times in the head. I won't go through the gruesome, you know, uh, newspaper. If you read the newspaper article and we'll have a link in the show notes, but if you read the, I mean, they, they so sensationalized it that they explained, you know, what he looked like after he was shot and, you know, point blank range in the head and all this other. So it's, it's pretty gruesome stuff, but, yeah. um, nice. You know, the initial reaction of the crowd was one of good cheer as elaborate <laughs> party tricks among the upper echelon of New York society were common at the time. However, when it became apparent that White was dead, <laughs> hysteria ensued. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. Uh, you gotta Whoa. love the, uh, you gotta love the writing of the time. It's, yeah. it's, it's awesome. Man. But I mean, you know, so, you know, I guess, uh, it, it was, it's kind of ironic that, you know, here one of his most famous buildings is also serves as the setting for his death. Um, so it's, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's not quite the, you know, architecture has killed you, but architecture's at least set the stage, you know, has well, given did, a, it's your final resting place. Yeah. yeah. Did you, did you see at the bottom though, that apparently white was seriously ill at the time of his murder, the autopsy re- revealed and it says that, in fact, he would have succumbed shortly to any of the diseases he suffered from, which was Bright's disease, uh, tuberculosis, and severe liver deterioration. Wow. So, this he, man was at the end of his life no matter what. Oh, yeah. There, you know, and, well, there's plenty of stories of, and I didn't include a lot of him in my list, but there are lots of stories of architects dying from alcohol poisoning mostly yeah. because they you know drank themselves to death <laughs> which you know ceased ceased so for the students you're listening to this this is what you have to look forward to yeah <laughs> you know there's a, well this guy was an interesting character uh, I, I mean, he's a good I, one know, to start with <laughs> it, it's you know it's I kind of I was I was thinking you know hey let's go and kind of chronicle out. I'm I'm still trying to figure out how to set up the presentation and do I do it by chronological order do I do it where you know here's just some interesting deaths and here's ones that no no architecture really did kill them you know or you know so just trying to figure out you know exactly how to to um, frame all of these. And maybe we, you know, we talk about it a little bit later after we kind of go through this list of, uh, okay. of interesting characters, but, um, you know, it's just, you can, you know, you can see how I, I'm going to have trouble trying to, you know, 
tell that story in in 40 seconds because <laughs> you know it just i can just say stanford white you know designer of madison square garden you know was shot you know at the top of madison square garden I mean, yeah, that, you know, yeah. And that's kind of boring. And the onlookers cheered. <laughs> and the onlookers <laughs> cheered. And they thought it was a prank. That's right. That's, that's some pretty White good special effects. With, as Stanford White gets up with big hole in head, people realize, nope, <laughs> he's really dead. I think our audience <laughs> could help you write this presentation, actually. <laughs> they probably could, you know. And, yeah. And, um, because basically these are like Twitter post length uh, slide description. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Perfect. I mean, it Perfect. really is kind of a, you know, it's a, it, it is, it's, you know, 20, you know, 20 seconds doesn't seem like a long time. And, you know, I kind of, you know, it's basically in 20 slides, it's like six minutes. So it, it's, it's kind of quick for, you know, all of this stuff. And, you know, we've been talking about Stanford white for, you know, several minutes now, at least 10 yeah. So yeah, you got well, it, so, so, a headline and like a quick synopsis, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're we're going to help crowdsource your presentation you here. Go. All right. By the Arcaspeak uh, crew. Yeah. That's right. So, has anybody here been to Madison Square Garden? I haven't. I've seen the, you know, the newer one. Now, now understand there's there's been there's a new one now. So the 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 round one that when you come out of uh um, Penn Station, you know, you you see the newer one, the old one's gone. So you know, I, really I, listen, I heard that foreshadowing right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and who uh, who did who designed uh, Penn Station? Who designed it? I don't know. I don't know who uh, designed it. I just know who died there. That's all. Yes, that's true. Should should we go straight to him then? No, no, no. Keep people hanging here. Okay. Dun, right. dun, dun. <laughs> well, since we're in New York, let's talk about, you know, he's not quite an architect. But, you know. Not quite. I still consider his work. <laughs> I still consider a lot of his work a work of architecture. I mean, these are iconic things that a lot of different cities, but this particular one, um, uses as part of its architectural identity hmm. you know and so uh let's move on to the brooklyn bridge all right designed by uh john augustus roebling and uh you know so here here's a bridge builder an engineer and you know i think in his own right should we call him a design engineer an architectural engineer i mean we got to say that that you know that that's the, the, a piece of architecture, don't you think? The the lines were blurred more in the middle eighteen hundreds, so yeah, you know. So so yeah. I, I you know let's let's give him credit. He is the architect of the bridge. Well, so here you know, so here's a guy who you know literally did give his blood, sweat, tears, and ultimately his life for his work. Um, you know. John Roebling um, was on his way, you know, he was overseeing the construction of the Bro- Brooklyn Bridge and basically slipped between, you know, his foot slipped between the ferry and the bridge in the, uh, um, 
wherever the the boats are tied up to <laughs> the, the docks. Wow, is it really that late for me? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. So, so anyway, he got his leg crushed between um, the uh, the docks and the ferry, and contracted you know tetanus and got a huge infection and died from a tetanus infection. I remember hearing the story about how he would he was basically uh, locked in his apartment right while he, uh, he oversaw uh. construction. So this is that, that, that says so this is where the story kind of keeps going a little bit further. Okay. That was actually Washington Roebling. Oh, okay. His son who wow. took over who took over from his dad when his dad died. Jeez. You know, so Washington Ro- John John Augustus Roebling, you know, he had a huge bridge um, business where he was designing bridges all over the country. Brought his son on and when his son or when his dad died the son took over the completion of the Brooklyn Bridge. But, you know, here, you know, this is the first time that, you know, these guys are really using this depth of, you know, caisson drilling and all that other stuff, which in that time is getting into, you know, going down into the caissons. And Jeez. So he contracted caisson's disease. Is that really what it's called? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So and it's, it's kind of like, it's like scuba diving and coming up too fast. Basically, you know, decompression it's, it's kind of a sort of like the yeah. bands, right? But in a, an extremely severe case. Um, and so he basically oversaw the re- the completion of the Brooklyn Bridge, um, Jeez. from an apartment building overlooking the construction site of the Brooklyn Bridge. Wow. Yeah. I remember like lo- he's like looking through a, through a, like a telescope, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know the in um I don't know if any of you've ever seen um it's a it's an exceptional show. It's only an hour long too, but it's the um crap, uh Ken Burns um documentary on the Brooklyn Bridge mm. and it talks about John and Washington Roebling. Um and it's it's really really interesting uh story. Um I I actually bought it on iTunes cuz I really enjoyed it. Um, a lot. So, and I've watched it over and over against. So, but, um, I mean, here's, here's a project that was bound and determined to kill somebody, you know, and, you know, all joking aside, I mean, it did, it took, you know, plenty of people's lives, you know, during the construction of it, but, you know, here's these, you know, two famed designers and, uh, you know, kills the dad, almost kills the son. Um, you know, surprisingly enough, he lived a long life. I think he was like 86 Washington Roebling. I think he was 86 when he finally died, but, um, he basically lived in pain from Quezon's disease, you know, from the time he contracted it to the time his time of his death. Nice. So, uh, yeah. So the actual designer, he, he died from tetanus. Yeah, he, t- he died from a tetanus mm-hmm. infection from, you know, having his foot crushed. Jeez. Horrible. On his way to, you know, from uh, from the construction site. Wow. Crazy. Wear your steel toe shoes, people. Yeah. You know, that's, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that uh, OSHA would have gigged him, you know, gigged them for, uh, you know, not wearing proper gear. But, <laughs> you know, a gentleman doesn't wear a hard hat. <laughs> Jeez. 
All right, who's next? Who's who, next to go? Who is next? Who is next to go? How about okay? We, is, we go from you know Cormac's hit list here. <laughs> how about we go from you know guys? You know, someone. This, yeah, this is another person who you probably might consider an architect, right? No, I'm gonna. No. I'm gonna. I'm, if if we're talking about the same guy, I'm gonna skip him for now. Okay. I'm gonna save the big names till till last. Um, but this was, this is another guy who, you know, basically died on the job. Um, and I'm not talking about the old adage of, <laughs> you know, architects don't, uh, retire. They die at their desk. Um, not, not that one, but so, um, George Kemp, he was the architect of Edinburgh's Scots Museum. So here's a guy who he's... He travels to his, the office of his um, building contractor. And, you know, this is Scotland. It's wet. It's misty. It's foggy. It's rainy. It's everything, probably all in five seconds. So as he's leaving his contractor's office, he's walking home, kind of gets lost in the, in the heavy fog, ends up falling into a canal. And drowning. Jeez. I mean, lonely. It kind lonely of, death. you know, you just, it's, it's almost that, damn it, if I, you know, you, you almost want to say, just hang out at the guy, at your contractor's office a little while longer. Yeah. Have a beer, have a scotch or whatever. Just wait for it to go. You know, but this guy, and, and you know, he died relatively young in, you know, but uh, it just kind of sucks. You're you're on your way home and whoop. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good sound. <laughs> Not a good sound. <laughs> no. Oh, I'm a horrible person. <laughs> now, speaking of, if you now let's, I I actually like this that I'm gonna kind of go right on into what we were just discussing, and um, we'll we'll stay with the water theme. <laughs> Never mind the death theme. <laughs> Never mind the death theme, but here's the water theme. Our favorite architect, who, Evan, is not an architect. Yeah, right. Oh, Corbu. Now, uh, we shared a couple of images before the show, and one of them will haunt us all till our deaths. <laughs> um <laughs> And everybody that bought, that looks at the show I notes. I think that's got to go, yeah. It, yeah. And everybody needs to sign up for the show notes to have them delivered to their email address. Yes. So Maybe. that this is the first thing you see <laughs> as you're listening you know, and I, I honestly to the think, show. I honestly think that, you know, as, you know, someone in this profession, you have to see that image. It's, Heck Yeah. I don't know if it's a rite of passage or just it's, it's, it's a must. Yeah. You know. I agree. So we're going to go with Corb. Now, you know, you, you, you got to imagine that Corb was probably a difficult person to deal with. You know, I mean, most, you know, most architects of that stature probably all are. And you honestly can't tell them what to do. Even their doctors. That's right. And uh, so against his doctor's orders, 
Corp loved to swim. And, uh, you know, here's, here's an old man. He's age 77. And, uh, his doctor tells him, you know, you, you need to calm down. You need to slow down. Um, you know, you're, you're getting up there in age and you need to just kind of, uh, don't go swimming. Guess who goes swimming? Heck yeah. <laughs> Guess who doesn't come back from swimming? <laughs> am I put, am I explaining these the wrong way? I mean, should I, <laughs> do I sound, do I, I almost sound kind of horrible when I'm saying this, like, but you know, so, so here's a guy who basically, you know, he, he went out swimming. He died of a heart attack while swimming. I mean, he at least enjoyed what he was doing, you know, and, uh, you know, did, did what he was doing to the very It doesn't end. seem quite as sad. Yeah. His doesn't seem quite as sad. And what's I mean, it was a huge loss. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying like, yeah, you're right. He was probably doing what he wanted to be doing. Yeah. Well, you know, and you, you say it was a huge loss and, you know, it was kind of interesting because if, you know, uh, you look at the, the notes that I sent off to you guys, I mean, it was a huge loss. I mean, people from around the world had stopped to basically pay tribute to Corp. Yeah. I mean, my oh, favorite yeah. painter, Dali, um, you know, sent tributes, President Johnson. I mean, here's the quote from President Johnson said, his... Influence was universal and his works are invested with permanent quality um, possessed by those of very few artists in our history. Yeah. I mean, the Soviet Union. Even, the, here's here's, yeah. here's this time in the height of the Cold War, you know, and even the Soviet Union, you know, the premier of the Soviet Union stopped to say, you know, modern architecture lost its greatest master. Um, I mean, it went on and on. I mean, you, you can find quote after quote of, of people paying homage to, um, you know, the passing of Corp. I mean, it, it shook the world. Yeah. And, and I don't, you know, and, and there's famous architects that have, you know, come and gone and, and you know, and even, um, you know, in the case of, uh, Frank Lloyd Wright, which really, you know, I didn't actually put him on the list. But didn't make your list, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he he was 91 years old. He died basically of complications from an intestinal blockage. You know, he had surgery and he died from complications. And you think, you know, oh, that, you know, that's horrible. And it is horrible. But, you know, he was 91 years old. And that that's a long, fruitful life. I mean, you know, here's a, here's a man who had several... Uh, kind of like renaissance of his style and everything yeah. else. But his, but his death is nowhere near as interesting as dying from tetanus from, you know, overseeing construction on a project or getting your head blown off by, you know, the husband of the wife, your underage wife that you're sleeping with. I mean, you know, come on. His, it's not his as scandalous. Is, yeah. It's not as scandalous. It's <laughs> not as interesting. That That's why it doesn't make the list. No, no. You know, now, I mean, there are some interesting things in, you know, Frank Lloyd Wright's past that, you know, family members being killed by servants and things like that, you know, like disgruntled servants. And if you guys have ever seen, you know, another Ken Burns uh, film on Frank Lloyd Wright, I mean, it's pretty interesting stuff in his past, but no, you know, I mean, you know, here's a guy who, who really did live a full life and, 
you know, and, and to be quite honest with you, and you know, um, Corbu did, and um, but you know, I was is kind of thinking that I don't think anybody in our in the architectural world will probably have as much fanfare on their passing, and not, mm. you know, li- fanfare is not a good word. I mean, you won't have the world paying homage to you like they did with Corp. I mean, we're, we're talking people stopped and stopped what they were doing, you know, pause of the cold war, just as to say, you know, how great of a guy this, you know, how great of a man and how great of a designer and architect this guy was. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, but you, you got to see the photo, <laughs> but yeah, go, go see the photo. It, it's not, You'll it is the not photo. of his death. Just, as an FYI for those who might be skittish now that they, now that we've played all of this up. Um, slash episodes slash 31 is where you can go to see the show notes, by the way, check it out now. So who's next on the list? Well, I was told a story when I was in architecture school and come to find out that some of the story was right. And some of it was incorrect. Now, this was about Antonio Gaudi, and love the guy's work. I mean, this guy could make bricks sing. You know, I mean, to if you guys have ever seen the way that he can just basically cantilever brick (laughs) to a way that, you know, you know, I mean, this is almost a Gary-esque type manipulation of the structure. Before you even the had... The wrong kind of structure, yeah. Before, the, yeah, before you ever <laughs> even had, you know, like supporting steel or anything else. So, I mean, you know, he was above and beyond, you know, anything that we're doing now. I mean, you know, sure, we've got, you know, all these, you know, twisted steel and, and you know, undulating, you know, metal uh, facades and things like that. But, I mean, this is... It's the steel's designed to do that. And you'd think because steel's pliable and malleable that, you know, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Now, this is a guy who did some, you know, crazy stuff and on a material that you just never thought he could, you know, you should do. Yeah. (laughs) But so I was told that, you know, he was killed by um, a streetcar, which he was. but I was told, you know, I was, I guess it was always told that, you know, ah, architecture is going to kill you one of these days. And that's why, in this story is actually what kind of started my whole fascination on the strange deaths of architects. And, um, Gaudi, um, I was told story wise that, you know, he was trying to get a better view of Sagrada Familia. And, um, there's, there's still, some speculation that this is sort of true, but he was trying to, you know, get a better view of Sagrada Familia and he stepped off the curb and got run over by a streetcar. Um, not quite the case. If you actually look at, you know, if you do a little bit of research on how he actually died, he did step off a, you know, off the car or off the curb and get run over by a streetcar. But it was kind of his daily ritual that he would go to church every day, but he would take a walk and he wasn't really paying attention at this particular time and stepped off the curb and, you know, 
there was a streetcar. Uh, but it was just part of his daily ritual and it wasn't that he, you know, was just trying to get that like, you know, majestic view of, of Sagrada Familia as it's going up and, you know, getting that great view and boom, you know, gets taken out by, uh, you know, the, <laughs> just getting yeah, taken out geez. by his, his building. Yeah. But, but, he, but he wasn't quite taken out by the streetcar no. though. So you know, so here, so here's a. Guy. It gets more interesting now. Yeah. So, he, so here's the interesting part of the story is so he goes to the hospital. Now, no, 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 no. You're jumping ahead there a little bit. Okay. Well, you, you forget he he was assumed to be a beggar because he had no identity and was dressed kind of shabbily. So he was left there unconscious for a while. And eventually, a police officer transported him in a taxi to the hospital, where then he received rudimentary care. So, it's not like they just, like, picked him up right away, or at least that's not the way it sounds. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, who's this bum? Uh, oh, yeah, let's get him to the hospital eventually. No, no rush. And then when they realize that, you know, who it really was, they're like, ah, oh, eh, too late. The following day, yeah. by the way. Yeah, which is, you know. <laughs> the, the chaplain of the Sangrada Familia recognized him on the following day, but by then, Gaudi's condition had deteriorated too severely to benefit from additional treatment. And then died two days, or uh, died at 73 and buried two days later. Jeez. <laughs> and so, so when I... How tragic! And so when I, when I sent that over to, I guess, you guys... Uh, about a week ago when I was, you know, typing this up, um, you know, I said the moral of the story there is, you know, if you're out at a job site, carry ID and don't dress like a bum. Because, yeah, exactly. Cause then you'll receive treatment. Yeah, really. Which leads us to another person who should have been carrying ID. <laughs> Take it away. Because very much like uh, Gaudi, Louis Kahn. <laughs> Circling back to our Penn Station reference. Circling back to our Penn Station in New York City. Um, here's a guy who, um, he, and I mean, he, you know, they believe the cause of death was a heart attack in the, um, in the men's stall at, you know, in the men's restroom at Penn station. But they really didn't, you know, I mean, they just kind of treated him. They didn't really treat him. They, he just, he, you know, he, he had no, um, ID. What was, it was kind of interesting is actually he crossed, he had ID, but he crossed his name out. Now, no one really actually knows why he crossed his name out. I mean, there's, you know, kind of speculations about like the, you know, two families that he had and all that other stuff. And, but, you know, there's no real rhyme or reason behind why he crossed it out. But he, so he basically was a John Doe. And, you know, they knew he was missing, but they didn't really know he was dead. And it really took, you know, a couple of days for his wife in the office and everybody else to be notified that Louis Kahn died in a men's bathroom in Penn Station because no one, nobody knew it was Louis Kahn. 
Wow. What a horrible time to have a heart attack, huh? Yeah. yeah. Swimming and in the sitting on the can in the men's restroom. Yeah. Or if you and I think they they went over this in in the documentary on him, didn't they? On my architect. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, they a, did. It was very impactful, you know, the way that they wrapped that movie up. So much so that when I was I went back to New York and Philadelphia last year and I I went to Penn Station and I you know just and I went to Khan's office when I was in Philadelphia too and just to kind of have a personal memorial of of just remembering him because it, that that movie had such an impact watching it his work yeah. has had such an impact oh, yeah. visiting the Salk Institute and I mean a lot of these architects that you're naming off here it's all kind of epic architecture right it's 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 I've been across to Brooklyn Bridge and I've been to Sagrada Familia um, and, and places like in, in the Salk Institute and, and going to Khan's office and just, it, it made it kind of personal, right? To, and, and now to hear these things is kind of ties it all together. It's, it's, it's a really interesting, the, the study of the lives of these architects and their, and their deaths is, is pretty interesting stuff to nerds like us, I guess. <laughs> You, you didn't actually like no, use the restroom no. in Penn Station, did no, you? No, I just okay. got off there. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know, I was going to say something, or at least ask. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no. It's all right. I took care of it for you. Thanks. I appreciate that. All right. So who's next? Who is next? Um, well. We're down to the last, what? You got a couple. Two? You got two more. Do I have two more? Who do you want to go next? Yeah, yeah, you got two more. We talked about Cor- Oh, here's here's just one that's it, it's both sad, but it's interesting the way that he was memorialized, and that was Carlos Scarpa. Now, you know, he died. You know, he, again, he did, died on site. Um, he fell down a flight of concrete stairs. That just sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, really, I, I mean, Oh, but wait, it gets better. He survived for 10 days in a hospital yeah. before succumbing to the injuries of his fall. Yeah. So, you know, so, you know, he, you know, when he eventually passed away, this is, this is the interesting part. I mean, you know, as, as much as it. Oh, that alone's not interesting. Well, I mean, you know. Interesting. Here's the this part coming up. Yeah, interesting. The, the part coming up. Yes. Yeah, let's, let's interesting. Go that. Okay. That he is buried in you know, the Brian Vegas Cemetery. He is buried standing up. He's wrapped in linen sheets in the style of a medieval knight. Hmm. Um, it's in know, an isolated exterior corner of that cemetery. Yeah. But I mean, how fascinating! I, I, I just I think his, you know, it, you know, and if you ever look at his work and and you know, study him, I I was always fascinated by his his drawing style, the way that he would layer drawings on top of drawings on top of drawings, and it would just it would create you know the the plan and the elevations and the sections and everything would just be layered on top of each other, and it would be a work of art in its own right. So mm-hmm. I was always, you know, fascinated with Scarpa and 
his connection with history was always so, you know, so apparent in, in, in practically every bit of his work. And so to, for him to basically be buried as the way the old, um, you know, the old medieval knights. I mean, I, I, I think it's kind of cool in a way. Um, yeah. you know, the cynical side of me says, well, he thought awfully highly of himself, but you know what? I mean, he was pretty amazing. I mean, I, I really like Carlos Scarpa. Um, you know, he was, he, he was just one of my favorites. I mean, I, I just liked, you know, the simplicity of everything. He never really had to like overdo it. But for it to still have, you know, his work to have a lot of depth and stuff. I mean, sure, yeah. not everything was a winner, but I mean, it, you know, there's just some just amazing things. And and I, for my particular uh, thesis, um, you know, I I studied a lot of of Scarpa. You know, more you know, Brian Vega, um, the you know his cemetery. You know, as as part of my, um, you know, one of my case studies. And, uh, you know, it was just the, you know, the, the amazing, you know, connection to history that he had when, you know, when designing that particular project was just, you know, amazing. Every little move and every little thing actually means something more than just, you know, here's a corner, here's a corner, you know, it's here's a corner, but here's why this corner is exactly why this corner is, you know, and yeah. things like that. So it was, you know, it was just, you know, it's, it's kind of cool. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. No, sucks though to have to die falling down stairs. You know, in, on your own project, were the handrails not installed yet, or what happened? He was, he was a modernist. There was no handrails. They no, do that. <laughs> that was in Japan, by yeah, the way. It was in Japan, it's true. Oh. And uh, all right, okay. And well, so, all right. So, who's who's bringing up the rear on our death list tonight? Who's bringing up the rear? Now, this is. This is probably my favorite architect. Um, I mean, I think the very first time I took a trip to Chicago, he was some of the first work that I saw. And being an artist, you know, I like the details of things. I like the little things. I like just kind of like the intricacies and, you know, who better kind of epitomizes, you know, that kind of Chicago turn of the century, um, you know, art, you know, I guess you kind of call it art nouveau, just, you know, just this attention to detail beyond like your standard adornment. And that's old, uh, Louis Henry Sullivan, you know, now his death, apparently you make a lot of money doing what he did too. Well, maybe you don't cause that's, because uh <laughs> keep going <laughs> i'm setting it up for uh, you well i mean you know here's <laughs> now here's a guy who his actual death you know i guess just the years leading up to it is why i included him on this list and it's not necessarily the way he died i mean it's how he died and how his life was when he died now, you know, he's, you know, he's kind of known as the Dean of American architects, you know, and, you know, is 
the impact on the architects of the day and, you know, Frank Lloyd Wright, you know, we know that Wright worked for him, you know, Adler was, you know, influenced by him, all of the Chicago, whether they like to admit it or not, um, they were all influenced by the work of Louis Sullivan and, and, and even, you know, the New York architects who kind of looked down at the, uh, the Chicago architects, they were all influenced by um, Sullivan. So, you know, I always had this, uh, I love, love the guy's work. I mean, you know, they have pieces of his, you know, like um, some of the uh, cast iron work from some of his buildings that were, um, demol- you know, subsequently demolished, you know, hanging up in the art museum. That's, you know, I mean, that's how good some of his, his work is. But so, you know, here's a guy who, you know, kind of went through, you know, he, he kind of epitomized what the struggles of the architects have been doing recently. So, you know, you can kind of connect with him, maybe not, you know, the resorting to drinking, but I mean, you know, I mean, architects, architecture is hard and, and the business is hard. And sometimes, you know, you got good times, sometimes you got bad times. And unfortunately he kind of went out on a bad time because, he, uh, you know, I, he, he basically died in debt. He died, com- you know, almost impoverished. Oh, no, no, no. He had $189 in his well, bank it wasn't account actually when he died. His. I mean, it was actually donated to him by, um, it was, it was donated by the, uh, what was the, what was that? Um, um, you know, all the, the, uh, American and Northwestern terracotta companies yeah. paid his bills and loaned his money. Yeah. And often bought his meals. Yeah, I mean, so here's a guy who was basically, you know, if, if you guys have ever um, they, listened or, you know, read uh, Devil in the White City. Um, oh, yeah, you've, you've, you've talked about that before. I love that book. <laughs> yeah, it's in the Architects Library episode. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a great book. And if you guys haven't read it, you know, read it. You know, they do, they do mention, you know, something about Sullivan, you know, basically how he would sell artwork and sell, you know, he would basically sell his services, sell artwork and stuff just to kind of, you know, get by. But, you know, he was always a drunk and he was always kind of, you know, loud, abrasive and abusive and just, you know, an angry little fellow. (laughs) Well, he did die of kidney disease and inflammation of the cardiac muscles. Which basically means that he died of alcohol poisoning or, you know, he of alcoholism, you know, which... You know, it kind of a crappy way to die, but I mean, you know, here, here's a guy who, let's see, so let's kind of go down. He auctioned off his household goods and most of his architectural library. His wife of 10 years had left him. Uh, you know, he sold their vacation home. Um, you know, he, it, I, I was the the next part of like you know unable to meet his club and organizational dues, which basically means he couldn't pay his AIA fees. Is that what that means? <laughs> no, but I'm just you know when I re- <laughs> when I read that I'm like well there's an, there's another one who can't pay his AIA fees, so he just <laughs> you know decides to forego that one. He didn't get his architectural record, you know, in <laughs> Architect Magazine, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Architect Magazine for free. He had to pay for it. Yeah. Well, he couldn't pay for it. Couldn't afford that. Couldn't even afford that. Couldn't, couldn't no longer pay his rent. 
His former staff of 50 reduced to one or two draftsmen. Then he had to like, wow. He gave up his office and moved right, into, right. you know, smaller rooms on the south side of Chicago and then eventually had no office at all and was um, basically renting a desk, you know, a writing desk at the Cliff Dwellers Club. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, and then he kind of resorted to basically as, you know, was, you know, kind of read on in the in his biography, you know, that he had to resort to handouts. I mean, he, he was even getting handouts. You know, the thing that kind of, you know, from, uh, um, you know, Dankmar Adler's son, he was getting handouts from his old business partner's son. And that's how, like, low his, I mean, that's, that's how far down he fell. And, uh, Crazy. you know, I mean, he even like made, you know, I guess he finally made peace with, uh, Sullivan. I mean, with, uh, Wright, which, you know, that was one that, that kind of pissed him off. <laughs> when, when, uh, when Wright left, the, when he, when he found out that Wright was moonlighting, um, doing, yeah. the, doing these houses in Oak Park, he was pissed off. He, you know, I mean, he fired him, you know, which, Jeez. but, uh, you know, apparently they had like a huge falling out and which kind of almost helped Frank Lloyd Wright's career by being fired. Um, because, you know, then, you know, if you listen to the stories that he was actually, he used that as kind of a, you know, fire me, will you? Well, I'll show you who's the better architect and kind of pushed him and pushed him and pushed him and all that other stuff. But, you know, so, you know, ultimately he died in a cheap Southside hotel room and he hadn't worked or done a single architectural job for, uh, two years prior to his death. And jeez, sad trombone, sad trombone. Wow. Hell of a way to end the episode guys <laughs> yeah. on the somber note, you know, so have God. you guys had any near death experiences with your projects? Uh, if we're recording, aren't uh, we? Well, I'm I'm doing near, good. Near death. near death. Oh, near death. I've, uh, <laughs> near death. <laughs> you didn't miss the operative word there. Uh, it's late. I've worked like near really, death. really late. You know, before like we all have. It's gone, shortening your life. Yeah, and gone well. No, and gone out to um, you know job sites, and then on my way back, you know, because where you know I drive out there pretty far and all that other stuff. You know, almost falling asleep on the Beltway, and you know. It's like architecture school all over again. Yeah. Yeah. Almost, almost very similar to that. Architecture school almost killed me too. Didn't we? I think a pre-show we I were think talking we covered about, that. you know, uh, almost losing limbs and things like that. You know, me cutting, you know, cutting half of my thumb off. Yeah. <laughs> Normal occurrence at you the know, yeah, exactly. school wood shop. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Actually. Yeah. There, you know, it was funny is that, uh, I worked at the wood shop and, uh, the guy who actually like ran the wood students shop. today are like what shop? The, what's what? Anyway, CNC, yeah. the three CNC so that would be like the <laughs> the the 3D printer shop nowadays. Yeah. yeah, you know it's that was so much fun to to actually just get down and dirty and just make things. I mean that was so much better, you know. And I don't know my view, but uh, yep. this guy, you know the the guy who actually like the actual employee who ran it i mean i was just the you know student 
employee that just was using it to earn money from the school to pay his tuition. And cut his and, thumb off. Well, no, no, I didn't do it there. <laughs> oh. um, that was a, actually, that was, uh, I was cutting, I was cutting a mat board and it, this was just like a, a perfect storm of stupidity. Um, <laughs> so here I am, I'm cutting a, you know, I've, I've got my straight edge on the, uh, um, you know, on the, on the mat board and I'm cutting it. And, uh, a guy walks up behind me and he's like, Hey Cormac, what's going on? And he like slaps my back. No. Right as I was on the downswing and my hand slipped off the ruler and right in the path of the blade and sliced Jeez. it, like sliced right through it. And I like grab a hold of my hand and I tuck my thumb under my fingers. And this girl walks up and she goes, did you just cut your hand? And I look down and I'm like, no, you know, first impulse is no. And I look down at my hand and there's like blood dripping from my hand. And she goes, you, you, you got to go to the doctor now. You got to go to the doctor now. So I open my hand up and the half of my thumb is kind of like on the, you know, it's like, it's like, it's kind of like, it's, it's hanging there. It didn't go all completely through. Uh, but it was pretty damn close to being completely off. And so how they reattached it was with the medical glue and the, yeah. and the little, uh, um, like strips. Duct tape. It, well, they, Sturry yeah, the strips. strips. I mean, they didn't, they didn't stitch it. They glued it. I was just like, well, shit, I could have, I could have Zappagap that damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys ever use Zappagap? No. Do you know what Zappagap no. is? <coughs> Tacky glue. Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, I, I've said Zappagap before and people are like, what? What the hell is Zappagap? <laughs> like, Zappagap, super glue. Well, why did you just yeah. say super glue? It's not super glue. <laughs> it's Zappa Gap with Zip Kicker. <laughs> I could have done that. For the same reason you use Kleenex. That's why. <laughs> same thing. So, I, yeah, I, I was uh, doing fabrication once, doing design build, and, and uh, I was building a bridge in a steel shop, drilling holes through pretty thick channels with a three quarter horsepower Milwaukee drill. And, and if anybody knows when you're drilling through steel, you don't, you don't go fast, you go slow because you want that bit to bite. Yeah. Right. And, uh, it just grabbed and that thing spun over backwards and just folded all my oh. fingers back over my hand and, and mm -hmm. did a spiral fracture right up the, the bone in my hand. Ouch. And it, it was, I've never, never broken anything. I, I got up and I'm like, move, squeezing my hand and Hey, that, that wasn't so bad. I had heard the crack, 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 right? And then I'm like, oh, it must not be broken. And then I, I'm like, oh, man, I feel sick. <laughs> I went into the bathroom and passed out. <laughs> oh, man. I just obviously went right into shock. And then uh, my partner, he came, he, he, he's like, well, grabbed me and threw me into his truck and took me to the hospital. So, yeah, I get to say I, my, my hand was broken by architecture. Wow. Well, you know. Man, I, I got nothing to top that. I got nothing on that. Everybody now just has mouse hands, right? They just sit at a cubicle all I day. Got, and 
straw. I got cramps. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, I, I'm getting a callus. Oh, no, that's not. That's not it. <laughs> all right. All right. I, I, I have one stupid, another perfect, uh, not quite a perfect storm of stupidity, as Cormac said, but it's <laughs> a good episode title right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've already titled this one. We'll have to save that for another one. Um, no, it, reason one, always wear a hard hat on a job site because sometimes you're you're, I was. We were walking, walking this house under. It was in framing, and I was standing on top of. Um, you know, they when they uh, bring in the sheetrock, they always pile it in a room, and you know, so it's twenty four inches high or something like that. And I was standing on it, and so I go to step off of it through the doorway. Well. You don't realize when, A, you're wearing a hard hat that kind of sticks out that, and you're looking down as you're stepping down. But when you're two feet taller, those uh, headers for the doors are a lot closer to your head than you think. <laughs> I stepped down and my head bashed right into the header of a doorway. And fortunately, I was wearing the hard hat, kind of shook my head and said, oh, yeah, I guess I was, uh, that was a bad idea. <laughs> But fortunately, I didn't hurt myself. No, no blood, no scars, and uh, I don't think anybody even saw it. So I, you know, it's kind of like the cat that runs into a sliding glass door. It's like, oh, what the hell was that? Oh, nobody saw that, right? Nobody saw that, right? <laughs> yeah, you look around. <laughs> exactly. Before you do the walk. Of shame. Before, exactly. That that <laughs> perfectly describes it. Y- you know, so and- that, that's probably about my closest near death experience. <laughs> You know, as many times. The death of the ego. <laughs> oh, but, but think of it, though. If I had knocked myself out on the job site on a framework, I mean, oh, come on. Yeah, you you couldn't live that down. No, so, you know, word to, the, word to the wise, always wear that hard hat. Yeah. Always. Even though, for some reason, I have a hard time doing that. You know how many times I've smashed my head? Yes, always wear your hard hat. Oh, and also... You may think, well, I'm the architect. I don't need to uh, wear my hard hat out there. OSHA will still shut down the job. Not say, not personal no, experience. No, honestly, <laughs> never have. But, you know, they always. Well, now they're on alert because they all listen. Now they're on alert and they're going to be there. Yeah. And I'm always going to be wearing my helmet. <laughs> all right. Well, with that, I think we should wrap this one up, guys. If you have all right, if you have questions or comments, visit our website at arcuspeakpodcast.com. There you'll find links to our individual Twitter accounts and the Arcuspeak Podcast Facebook page where you can join in on the conversation. We keep threatening that, but uh hasn't happened yet. And uh and speaking of that, uh if you have an inspiring tale to share of hitting your head on a on a uh header or yeah. Share your stories or More break, stories here. breaking your hand or cutting your thumb off. Uh, we want to hear it. So call the Arcuspeak podcast number at 415-484-8496 and uh, we'll, we'll share it on the next show. Or if you guys have any um, interesting deaths of architects that... Uh, we didn't mention. Yeah, Cormac here. needs more for his uh, presentation yeah. here. Cormac needs more because he's also thinking about, you know, this could uh, spiral into 
an interesting coffee table read. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, the last two episodes have gotten a lot of great comments and, and back and forth on oh, Twitter yeah. and on the website. So that's awesome. We really appreciate everybody who's who's joining in the conversation. Yeah, the last, the last one, I think, really hit a nerve with everybody that, because, I mean, it was, I think it was the one time that we finally, you know, that Neil, that we just finally opened up and just kind of, said exactly what was on our mind and everybody just, you know, um, kind of commiserated with him and just said, you know, Hey, this is, uh, you know, these are things that, you know, we've done and we felt, and I, I thought there were some great comments. I mean, there was a lot of good conversation about that last episode. And yeah, you're going to have to fill everybody in on what eventually happened or happens with that, Neil. Just um, generically. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Well, there's no update as of right now. Um, well, I can tell you what I did do, which was what I alluded to um, during the episode, which was I didn't write a new contract. I did allude to the prior contract being complete. I did write an addendum and sent it to him. And uh, I haven't heard back. Dun, dun, dun. So we'll see. Tune in <laughs> to episode 32 and I'll give yeah. you another update. Maybe. <laughs> in two weeks. Yeah, or maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I just I want to put in my two cents, too. Uh, I really appreciate all the comments uh, the last couple of episodes. It's it's something we've been uh, hoping to see happen more uh, with the show, when, you know, from when we started to get that sort of feedback and, and conversation going and, um, you know, to see it finally uh, happening uh, with some regularity and, and some passion. Uh, is has really been gratifying. So we really appreciate it. And, and please do keep sharing those comments uh, with us because it, it makes all of this a lot more fun. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, a lot of us, when we're listening to podcasts and stuff, we, we have this internal dialogue going on. And uh, for the people that have made that external, it really is appreciated. Um, because not only are you expressing your viewpoint, but um, when you're joining in, I think a lot of other people think the same things and, and it just leads to really great conversations and, and something that architecture needs is people talking about architecture yeah. so that we all make the, the whole profession stronger. So it's, it's a, it's a cool thing. So I uh, encourage everybody, you know, if you're, if you're nodding along or, or if you're disagreeing, it doesn't matter. You can, you can always add your, your comment and, and, uh, get feedback and see what other people are thinking too. Absolutely. And well, with that, everyone. Oh, oh go ahead. I was going to cut no, you off. You're going to cut me but. off and say goodbye to everybody. But as a summary to today's show, remember, you can love architecture. Just don't let it kill you. <laughs> word. That's one to grow on. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, stay subscribed and thanks for listening. All right, good night. Good night. Good night. It's like a Dr. Phil moment there at the end. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you could take that to the bank.